You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're starting to turn the page after a brutal week four loss for the Arizona Cardinals. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, loving all the interaction on social media, on Twitter, especially at Locked On AZ Cards, at Bob Rack, at Clancy's Corner. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, your favorite shops. Local businesses have been on our team supporting our community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol to tap and pay with contactless Visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa everywhere you want to be. Huge podcast on tap for you guys. We're going to get into it. The offensive woes for the Arizona Cardinals. And also, we need to get into the conversation about Chandler Jones. Just one sack through four games. This is a guy who accounted for nearly 50% of the Arizona Cardinals' sack production in 2019. It's good to see other guys get after the quarterback, but it's not good to see number 55 kind of be bottled up like he's been through the first couple games so far. And then... Man, when we talk about uh, some of the defensive players that are struggling, Isaiah Simmons continues to not seeing the playing field. We'll get into that conversation all here on Locked on Cardinals. But look, the Arizona Cardinals, we need to answer this question today, Alex. Is their offense going to be okay? That's your Locked on Cardinals lead story. I'm Bo Brock along with Alex Clancy. So according to Kyle Odegaard of the team website, the Cardinals offense is ranked 25th in the NFL. And after the Panthers' loss, it's still early, but after finishing 13th last season and getting DeAndre Hopkins, a top-10 offense seemed like it was a fair expectation. What do you think, Alex? The worst part about trying to analyze anything is the tier of uncertainty. And you asked a straightforward question, is it going to be fine? You want to say yes because all points lead to that, But, Bo, I thought about this yesterday, and uh, I didn't text you because I wanted to bring it up to you now. This offense through four weeks, in my opinion, reminds me of the 27 and 2018 and 2019 defense of the Cardinals where you have all pro guys on that roster, on that side of the field. You're not living up to expectations. And I'm talking, obviously, primarily of Patrick Peterson and Chandler Jones, not Patrick Peterson's first six games of last year, but say the 2018 season, for example. You rely on Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson to perform. They do, and the defense is still bad. You look at the offense this year, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, and I'll throw Kenyon Drake in there as an honorable mention, and this offense isn't performing like they should. It seems to be so top-heavy, but it doesn't have the guts necessary to actually be a good offense all around in an effort to win games. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's strange because it's it's weird with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins and only really the subtraction of Max Williams, who's IR'd right now, that this offense doesn't look like it's improved at all since last season, despite adding an all-pro wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, 24.5 points per game it's only a notch up from nearly the 23 that they put up in 2019. I mean, and we're seeing similar performances from Kyler Murray despite having that huge playmaker in DeAndre Hopkins. So what's the so what's the issue? 
I'm going to turn it around on you. Like, what do you think, aside from from Nuke and and Kyler Murray's kind of uncertainty, maybe sliding a little bit? Is it just lack of talent? No, we are we too close to this year, thinking that Christian Kirk and you know Andy Isabella and Chase Edmonds and Larry Fitzgerald are good enough to pull the other side of this to be able to keep this offense afloat when they're not throwing the ball to Larry Fitzgerald or handing it off to Kenyon Drake? Well, here's the thing. They needed a playmaker. They went out and got a playmaker, DeAndre Hopkins. Statistically, you see the numbers there. I mean, they're absurd, right? You you, you ask for better offensive line play. It's just seven sacks of Kyler Murray through four games this season. Where last season, he, had, he was sacked 20 times at this point last season, which is just crazy to think about. We've seen better, more consistent play from the offensive line. You know, they're... We're looking for all these things, and it seems like they've they've received them. But at the same time, we're seeing similar performances from, you know, struggling in, in play calling. And, and Kyler Murray's put forth pretty similar performances compared to last season these past two weeks. The first two weeks, he looked like he was taking a step forward. The last two weeks, it looks like he's taken two steps back to the 2019 season. He looks like a guy that uh, is is very fresh and raw and doesn't necessarily know what to do with the football. And I think that goes back to the conversation we had yesterday about Cliff Kingsbury potentially holding back Kyler Murray, where I think that as a, com- a combo, they need to get out of this slump together. But, you know, I, I, I think it comes down to, to Kyler Murray. I mean, we're seeing numbers statistically, you know, except for maybe Larry Fitzgerald and Kenny Drake, but we're seeing this offense, you know, do some nice things, but the it's at the end of the day, it's very similar to last year. This is what I feared when I got into that huge conversation about Kyler Murray, how I take Kyler Murray over, over Lamar Jackson for one game because he can throw the ball down the field and everything like that. What I'm looking at now is if other defenses were able to keep Lamar Jackson behind the line of scrimmage. That's what we're seeing from Kyler Murray right now. Yes. The inability to get anything going with his arm, which is something that we just expected would be there. Like we expected Chandler Jones to have 12 or 13 sacks. Like we expected Larry Fitzgerald to have six or 700 yards receiving and five or six touchdowns. Like we expected Kenyon Drake to be a number one running back. Is this on us for having too many expectations after two weeks when, in fact, Kyler Murray was only effective throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, and he was really only efficient while running the ball. Like, this this is what I'm talking about where there's so much uncertainty. You and I are talking in circles right now because we have no idea where the equilibrium is for this offense and what the real cause, what the real root of evil is for them not being able to succeed on the offensive side of the ball like everybody thought they were going to be able to. Well, yeah, maybe it's we need to cool our jets a little bit and just kind of it's 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 four weeks into the NFL season where we had one of the more unique off seasons ever in the sports history where you know you added some pieces, some key pieces, and you weren't able to really get this team to mesh before you know the lights came on. And this is a league of inju- of adjustments. And the league adjusts to the Arizona Cardinals after two weeks of play and Kyler Murray, and they've bottled them up so far. Now it's now it's in the Cardinals' court to make the the next adjustment and see if I mean they have if they go the entire season like this, then we have problems. But yeah, I'm not going to start here, sit here, start to call for heads. 
you know, after just four games. And this week against the New York Jets, as we start to turn the page, this is absolutely an opportunity to get things right. I mean, we talked about the last two weeks, but no, this is the absolute get-right game in the NFL for any team that's struggling in the lowly New York Jets. This is going to be... Somebody will get fired if they lose this game. Is that fair to say? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think... Like, like I mean, 2-3 and three is different than 0-4 than for, the, to the, for the Texans, and it's... But the Cardinals have had a cupcake schedule. If the Cardinals played that schedule, they would have probably started 0-3. I just I haven't seen the, that knee knee jerk reaction really from this front office. They they were really they their hand was completely forced the last time they did it. Mike McCoy right. mid season. Yeah. I just as much as I think, yeah, maybe a head should roll if they lose to a team as as bad and putrid as the Jets. But uh, I I don't know. I I I would think that this front office is hesitant to do so in any situation unless they're completely their hand is forced. And, and and quickly, that was pseudo rhetorical because I don't think that would happen. But when it comes to Steve Kimes' job security, he's going to do anything so his head isn't called for. Oh, so yeah, no doubt. So if the Jets and th- this isn't like like if you listen to our podcast from the after the first two wins, yes, they are very different than they are right now. Okay, this is not jumping off a bandwagon because Bo and I were not bandwagon people. We cover the team. We talk about the team. When things are good, you're going to talk about good things. When things are bad, you're going to talk about bad things. It's just the nature of the beast. But if the Cardinals lose, I don't know, say say the Jets put up 20 points and the Cardinals lose, Vance Joseph could get fired. Like I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Monday morning comes and Vance Joseph is no longer the defensive coordinator for the Cardinals. Do I think it's right? No. Everybody needs to pump the brakes, but if they lose to the Jets, there will be significant changes, if not in the coming week, in the coming weeks, because they are staring Jerry Doming, Dak Prescott, averaging 450 yards passing over the last three weeks and a handful of touchdowns. They're going to Monday night football, and if they lose the Jets and then get beat by the, I mean, this could roll so quickly before the tough part of their schedule comes up. If the Arizona Cardinals defense can't get off the field with Joe Flacco potentially under center and well, Frank no. Gore as the lead back, it's not 2012 anymore. I mean, if they if they can't get off, yes, absolutely. They have to take a, a very hard look at Vance Joseph and his position as the Arizona Cardinals defensive coordinator. I mean, if it if it's if we don't see Turnovers. If we don't see the team doing what they did in the first three weeks in stopping teams on third down, and it's more like Carolina, I think you're absolutely right. We're going to continue the conversation about the defense. A couple key members. Well, one key member and one guy who we thought was going to be a key member. We'll get into that conversation. If you aren't following along on Twitter, I highly suggest that you do. At Locked On AZ Cards, at Clancy's Corner, at Bob Rack. It's Locked On Cardinals. Please subscribe to the podcast as well on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, following on Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. Let me tell you about the new and improved Built Bar. It's even more deliciouser than before. I mean, that's you're improving the best tasting protein bar ever, which you think would be impossible, but here's how you do it. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Are you kidding me? 
to go along with the 12 OG flavors, including Alex's favorite, orange. Yeah. Woo! You heard me right. Orange. If you haven't heard, have you ever tried orange? It's like the best kept secret as far as protein bars are concerned. Built Bar is one of the best kept secrets because they're so tasty, but they're equally as healthy. They're great for the health conscious person. Lose, maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. Low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber. Great for the keto diet. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, and you'll you, you'll get $10 off your next order. That's just by using the promo code LOCKEDON for 10 bucks off at BuiltBar.com. I mentioned the action that we're getting on our uh, social media accounts as far as at Lockdown AZ Cards. It was Dino that reached out to us and he asked, does the Cardinals' success on offense depend on the health of tight end Max Williams? And I thought, you know, that's that's pretty – that's a – not out there question. I mean, Max Williams, obviously his um, prowess is a blocking, run-blocking tight end is known. But then you do dig a little bit deeper and you realize that Max Williams is the only tight end that graded higher than an 80, according to Pro Football Focus in 2019, as far as his run-blocking run scores. And, uh, you know, Alex, when you take – if you've got a wide receiver that you target in the passing game – and, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, we'll use him as an example. And he's getting, you know, 12 targets a game. He's pulling down 10 catches. He's going over 100 yards. He's, he's fine in the end zone. You take that out of your offense, you're going to see your passing attack slowed down. If you take, a, you know, Buda Baker out of the back end of your secondary, we saw it last week, you're going to see struggles as far as wrapping up and tackling. If you take a guy like Max Williams out of your blocking scheme, and you're going to see your run game slump a little bit. And I think there's something to it. I don't think it's completely dependent on it, but there's certainly something to it. I can't believe that we have to continue to talk about this. I thought this was going to be the easy part. The offense? Yeah, I thought this was going to be the easy part. Like... DeAndre, so we got a very... It's actually going to prove... I think to be very, very um, important in the learning process for how Carolina covered DeAndre Hopkins or whatever placement the Cardinals put DeAndre Hopkins on the field last week, it wasn't right. So at least you can remove that or kind of try to figure out how you can maneuver him at least like uh, a couple weeks before in, in against Detroit where they used him perfectly as a... Uh, as somebody that could lead away two members of the secondary that opened up Chase Edmonds to waltz into the end zone for a touchdown. Like, this is still a learning process. I wonder if the the cloud that we were on through two weeks when he had, what, 20 catches was just excitement for getting a new dude here and the defense not playing very well and covering him. And this is kind of the closer to normal that we're going to expect where he's going to get bracketed coverage and the Cardinals are going to have to find a number two option. But I feel like the Carolina game was very, very important in the learning process for this offense. It'll just be, you know, a matter of them figuring out how to not put DeAndre Hopkins nor this offense in that situation again. Yeah, and, you know, on the other side of it or kind of similar is is the pass game struggling outside of Kyler to DeAndre Hopkins. The run game is struggling just as a whole outside of maybe Kyler Murray and his ability to get out and run. We haven't seen what we saw last year from Kenyon Drake. And, 
you know, we, as I mentioned, Max Williams, I mean, and, and the impact he makes, you know, what what are the Cardinals going to do going forward? Because they have to figure something out. I mean, Max Williams isn't going to be in this lineup anytime soon. You know, do they go out and do they just target somebody that can just seal the edge? I think Chuck made a great point on, on Twitter. I mean, when we watched those toss plates around the, the goal line, it made us angry and frustrated and they weren't working out. But they used to work with Max Williams in the lineup. Now you've got a converted tight end and, uh, you know, Dan Arnold, who's, a, who's fine catching the ball. I thought he had a decent game on Sunday as far as that was concerned. But, you know, Darrell Daniels and, and, and Dan Arnold aren't getting the job done sealing those edges as blocking tight ends. Maybe that's something you, you seek out. Maybe look at some down teams and see what's available as, as, as run blocking tight ends are concerned to try to get back and recreate, you know, a team that set a franchise record with five yards per carry last season. <sighs> Very frustrated today. Yeah, you know, it's but it's not. These are first world problems compared to what we've been dealing with over the last two seasons. For sure. These are logistical. This isn't structure. And I'm sure there is structure to it with the offensive scheme and, you know, the defense being kind of uh, in flux with Buda Baker out. Maybe. Like, okay, there's one thing we can agree on. Establishing the run is so important, regardless of if it's an air raid offense or not, because when it gets cold, you're going to have to run the ball. And if you want to make the playoffs ever, you're going to have to run the ball. And I don't know if you need to get the, like, I'm assuming at this point the offensive line is comfortable with Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake. You've had enough time with both. I don't know about, you know, Benjamin. I wonder if you just get the freshest legs out there, the guy that has the most juice in the tank at that, at that point, and just hand them the rock and just pound it down their throats and go for it on fourth down and force the issue until you can keep the defense honest regarding play action. Because up to this point, ain't nobody getting fooled by that play action. Right. But you're right. They're not able to run the ball. I wonder why Eno Benjamin isn't getting on the field. You know, like, if you're going to run the ball, you need to completely facilitate that situation. You can't just hope that first first down, Kenyon Drake gets nine yards and you're able to run the ball in second and short. You need to be able to say, you know what? We're going to run the ball. Okay, second and seven. We're going to run the ball and just hope you can get some first downs that way. Yeah, I mean, put yourself in, in you know, third and manageable. I thought that the Panthers, you know, although they did get a couple easy third down conversions on third and long, they were mostly putting themselves in, in manable, manageable positions all game. Um, I will say this. I, I, here's some concern for me. and like Obviously, losing to Detroit and Carolina, I feel like, are unacceptable. But they're not ex- unacceptable to the Cardinals right now because we've realized that they're not ahead of schedule like we thought they might have been after two weeks of play. But if it continues to where Cliff Kingsbury can't make the proper adjustments for his offense without in the run game, specifically without Max Williams, and on the other side of it, defensive coordinator Vance Joseph can't make the proper adjustments without a player like Buda Baker or Devon Kennard in the pass rush, and they can't get pressure like they did in the last game, then we're going to have problems. Because NFL coaches, coordinators... Shouldn't your team shouldn't look that bad with just a, a few players missing? Do you know what I mean? For sure. And it's and though I had this thought, and you know what, I'm I may as well just bring it up now. 
do you think that there's any way that you say Patrick Peterson wants to stay? Okay. They drafted Josh Jones to be the starting right tackle at some point, but to also back up DJ Humphreys. Do you think there's ever going to come a time where Patrick Peterson can be a backup safety for this team? Like make the move that uh, Charles Woodson make? Maybe? Slowly. I mean, look at Devin McCourty is a safety now. He's yeah. 33. I know 30 and 33 are very different. Patrick just turned 30. But at some point, he's going to have to add more to the table to be like, no, I'm going to be your lockdown corner because he's not anymore. And I can't help but think defensively that he's got to be the anchor. Chandler Jones is an independent contractor, man. All he does is one thing, and he does that really well. It, it, he only has one job. Yeah, and he's Patrick not doing Peterson it right now. So many jobs. I know he's not. Like Patrick Peterson, I'd rather him be a jack of all and a master of none than just a master of none. Let's get into that quick defensive side of the ball conversation on the other side. It's Bo, it's Alex, it's Locked on Cardinals. So against the Arizona Cardinals in week four, seventh overall pick out of Auburn, a guy that Alex and I both liked that we were uh, kind of, man, we we thought Isaiah Simmons was going to be off the board and we thought the Arizona Cardinals were going to be deciding between Derrick Brown and an offensive lineman. And Derrick Brown was had the highest grade of any of the rookie defenders last week and fourth among NFL defensive tackles. He had a monster game against the Arizona Cardinals. He's had some pretty good weeks so far. Just, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the Carolina Panthers did a good job in plucking him right before the the Cardinals and they didn't have that choice to make. They take Isaiah Simmons, and that's the other side of the conversation. We'll uh, we'll dabble in some Isaiah Simmons convo before the end of the podcast, but we're talking about the Cardinals' two-star defenders. It may be a transition for Patrick Peterson and, you know, Cliff Kingsbury this week said that uh, you know he expects more from uh, Chandler Jones going forward, and uh, you you were bringing up you know he's a he's a independent contractor because we've yeah, seen improved that's play. All right, yeah, I mean we've seen improved play from this this defense. I mean last year it was Chandler Jones was nearly he was forty nine percent of their sack production. This year you know he's got one sack. In in the Cardinals they haven't struggled in getting to the quarterback outside of last week. Yeah, it's just, I was just more comparing him to Patrick Peterson, where Patrick Peterson has a lot more to focus on than Chandler Jones. And obviously, Chandler Jones doesn't have just one specific job of rushing the quarterback. I get it. But he's a lot more centralized in what his skill set is, especially when, you know, they're passing plays. Patrick Peterson's just got a lot more to deal with. And that's why I was just wondering if there's a future for him in, at safety. And, and the reason why I ask is his ego has been through the roof. He wants all the money. He wants all the money. He deserves all the money. There's definitely an ego swallowing situation where it's like, Hey, you're not young enough to play cornerback anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something that where egos get in the way. Uh, but unfortunately also for the Arizona Cardinals is uh, this is a team that despite him probably, you know, getting long. You know, he is getting long in a tooth. That's for sure. He's he's thir- he's thirty. We've seen guys even like Darrell Revis, right around thirty one, thirty two, be done. Mm-hmm. It's obviously the shelf life is is very short for these guys. Um, and there's a natural transition that a lot of great corners have made to that position. You know, but still, right now, Car- Patrick Peterson's the best corner on the Cardinals roster. Yeah, you know, and and that's he he's playing that position. He can't make that transition out of necessity. 
It's true. I mean, it's true. It's it's. You just go back and look at all, and I can't help. We can't do this because we'll go insane. Just look at all the drafts, the last three or four drafts. It's like it's like playing a fantasy football league and having your number one pick go down at the beginning of the year. You're like, why is my roster not as good as it should be? Oh yeah, because I don't have my number one pick. They haven't had a number one pick have any sort of real uh, impact on defense since. I'll wait. Right. Since who? I mean, probably. I mean, I know uh, Steve Kong didn't draft Patrick Peterson, but they haven't had a high impact first round pick on the defensive side. In question mark. Yeah, I mean, outside of you know just personal performances, or you know just getting you know big sack numbers, or looked at as you know taking away the the number one receiver on the opposing team, but then you see you know breakdowns across the rest of the defense. I mean, it's like say the Cardinals. Well, that's what it is. It's the it's the Detroit game for the offense. Uh, what uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins ten catches, hundred thirty seven yards, and Kyler Murray played pretty well. Lost. Yeah, that's like Patrick. That's like Chandler Jones having two sacks and a loss. It's empty calories. Yeah, it's empty calories. It's celery. <laughs> right. Yeah. Am I right? We're going to get a full breakdown of our first kind of glimpse into the dysfunction that is the New York Jets tomorrow. We're going to continue our conversation about the Cardinals, of course. Alex is taking the hosting reins. We're going to talk to John B. from Locked on Jets and our crossover uh, podcast tomorrow. Starting to break this week five game down. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Locked on AZ Cards. At Bob Brack. Follow me, Bo Brock. Follow Alex Clancy at Clancy's Corner. Keep it going on social media. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow along. Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts. We appreciate it. Have a great rest of your Wednesday.